Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. Good morning for Every Day is Earth Day today. We are talking with Dr. Luca Zullo, who is the Senior Director of Science and Technology at the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute in Wasika. And he's going to be talking about anaerobic digestion, its benefits, and how it can be used for renewable energy. And he'll also talk about the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute's work in the field of anaerobic digestion and biogas. Good morning, Dr. Zulo. Good morning. So you started your career at Shell Research in the Netherlands, I read, and you designed novel oil and petrochemical processes. So you started actually with actual petroleum products, correct? Correct, yes. And now you've changed to working with basically, may I say it, poop to make energy. Absolutely. So let's talk about that. You've led actually manure to biogas projects. So I want to know... And for all those out there who don't know, what is anaerobic digestion and what does it have to do with renewable energy? Well, anaerobic digestion is actually a naturally occurring process by which uh, uh, bacteria that are in uh, the environment convert under the right circumstances, so without oxygen, uh, organic material into methane and some carbon dioxide. And is actually uh, a, a phenomenon that we can actually see in action here in Minnesota quite easily because one of the places where anaerobic digestion happens is on the sediment of the lake. I think everyone has probably the experience to be in a shallow area of the lake and especially if there's a muddy bottom, seeing some bubbling coming up. Mm-hmm. That is actually methane that is generated by the decaying of the organic matter that uh, drops on the bottom of the lake during time. In, that, in, the ba- in the bottom of the lake, everything is anaerobic because there is no oxygen, you know, uh, in the mud. What we do with anaerobic digestion from, in da- from an industrial perspective or in a farm, we try to harness this natural phenomenon to do two things, to convert waste material into gas and energy, and at the same time, reducing the amount of waste and making the residual solid more usable as a fertilizer, as a compost and so forth. So is this a simple process, I mean, to actually make this into renewable gas or energy that you can use from taking products like manure and other things from farms? It is actually a fairly simple process in terms that you want to happen. Nature has set up this process to happen. But in order to do that effectively in an economically convenient fashion, to recover uh, renewable energy and uh, to the, and the environmental benefit also that we have in cleaning up this waste and the water, we need to do some engineering. So really that is a simple process, but needs to be done correctly to get the benefits out of it. So is there a plant or something where this is done, like a factory type place? Do you have to have a big setup or where do you do this and uh, who's doing it? A lot of farms are doing, and increasingly more. So if we put the manure in an aerobic digester, which is, imagine, is a big closed tank, 
we we can uh, generate the gas that then is collected, cleaned up, and can be put in the pipeline and then used as uh, natural gas we use every day in our homes or could be used inside the farm to generate electricity or to warm the barns. But the nice thing about this process is that then the manure enclosed in this big reactor, in this big tank, undergoes some uh, chemical and physical process by which we reduce the odor and we make the residual material much more richer in in nutrients like nitrogen and phosphorus, and then we can use it beneficially as a fertilizer. And indeed, while today we can use manure as a fertilizer, digestate, which is the residual left after we have extracted the methane, is actually a better, often is a better fertilizer than the raw manure. It doesn't smell as bad. Are those fertilizers actually out as products now? I mean, because I'm a, a gardener, so I garden a lot and love to use organic products on my yard. So after they take the methane gas off of this, do they bag it up somehow and then they sell it? Is that what they're doing now? Or, or how yeah, they- in some cases that is done because the material can be further composted. But a lot of times, like in big farms, uh, is like used on the farm and land applied on the farm. And that can actually reduce the consumption of synthetic fertilizer by the farm. So there is another environmental benefit since synthetic fertilizer, while absolutely necessary for agriculture, is also a big contributor of greenhouse gas production. How expensive is it to put a system like this in your farm facility, let's say? we When I was a, on a farm, we had a big manure pit. So all the manure was in just a big pit as liquid manure outside. And so this somehow you're putting it in a big tank. So is that a big expense up front or, or what? It's certainly more expensive than uh, than uh, putting just in a manure pit. But it also pr- provides you a lot of benefits. Today you can monetize the energy you produce and then you have a, a better water management, lesser odor reduction, and um, overall, uh, actually better quality also on your farm, because, for instance, in some cases, some of the separated solids uh, are actually can be recycled in, uh, as a bedding for, the, for ah. the farm. So there are benefits, but certainly there are extra costs. We are at the point where, however, where the environmental benefits uh, and the cost of, and the value of the energy and so on are such that Actually, these projects, although require a substantive investment, are, be, are getting pretty uh, valuable. And this is why now we see a lot of influx of capital from uh, investment funds to going farms and providing uh, project financing. So how many farmers are actually doing this now, or is it mostly being done experimental at the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute? Oh, no. Uh, it's done in, at the industrial, uh, industrial level. So the, uh, the first time, uh, the first project of the certain scale that was involved uh, was actually more than 10 years ago. And oh. at the time, this was one of the largest in the United States. And we took the, the manure out of um, 15,000 dairy cattle farms, so 15,000 head. And this, they produced about 750,000 gallons of manure every, every day. Obviously, this is manure plus the flush water. And we could produce approximately 1.5 megawatt of, of power, which, you know, is several, a few thousand uh, is electricity that to 
that could provide it, uh, electricity to probably a few t- a few thousand ohms. So where is this place that you're talking about that started 10 years ago? That's, that is in Idaho, still operating that plant. Uh, in the, but today there are several uh, systems like that in Minnesota oh. of various size. But we are at the beginning. So if you look at the potential, we could have several thousands of this type of digesters, uh, farm-based digesters in the United States. The economics uh, were not really very, very advantageous in the, in the U.S., but now the situation is changing. So we're going to see more and more of the system being being developed. The American Biogas Council, which is the trade organization, estimates that Minnesota could probably have about close to three, more than 300 farm-based systems. Germany, which has been a pioneer in this area, like other European countries, but Germany today has more than uh, 3,000 farm-based digesters. Oh. And, uh, and their agricultural sector is much smaller than ours. Well, now, if this is being done with manure, could it be done with sewage that is processed in large cities, for example? Correct. And there is a great example of that being done where also sewage is, or the biosolid out of sewage are combined with food waste or waste from food production in uh, in St. Cloud here in Minnesota. They are very pioneering and very... Uh, entrepreneurial group uh, running the wastewater treatment, and uh, they have one of the most advanced facilities, in my view, in the United States, uh, where they show how this can be used. And by doing that, their their facility is largely energy self-sufficient. So you can digest manure, you could digest food waste, uh, a lot of the organic material. So food, food waste is a particularly interesting area. Because today, a lot of food waste ends up in landfill, where we, gener- we generate methane, ultimately goes in the atmosphere and is a big contributor to climate change. But if we do in a digester, we can capture that methane for uh, a beneficial use. Now, you said you pipe it somewhere. I know there's always controversy around when you put a pipeline anywhere. Is that something that is maybe holding it back a little bit, people not wanting the pipeline under their area? Well, certainly if you were doing a new pipeline, but the beauty of biogas is that it's methane. It has to be cleaned up and so on, but when you do that, it's methane. It's like natural gas. So we can already use the, largely use the existing infrastructure. And uh, Minnesota is actually a pretty advanced state in that, in that we, last year we passed a law, the Natural Gas Innovation Act, that allows uh, the local utilities to get this renewable natural gas and putting in their pipeline to, in, to decrease their carbon intensity. And the, our local utilities are getting very active to, in this direction and to start increasing the amount of renewable natural gas they're going to put into, into their pipeline. And this we can do largely using the existing infrastructure. The only difference is going we have to do an interconnect, but the pipes are already there, are the pipes that get to people's homes today. So what, was the, what were the pipes used for before then? For the natural gas. So if, if you are, say, in an area that has uh, natural gas uh, for in a residential area where you have uh, natural gas for eating or uh, cooking, well, the same pipes uh, could be used to bring renewable natural gas because really the, the molecule is the same. The, the difference is where it comes. In one case, it comes from a biological process that starts with fresh biogenic material. In the other case, the same molecules come from... Uh, a geological reservoir where 
old, ancient, very ancient biomass has created it. So why are more doing this? You mentioned St. Cloud is doing it, and it sounds like it's a win-win because you're using a product, you're reducing the carbon in the environment. So why wouldn't more areas and cities and that sort of thing use this? Well, until now, the main reason was uh, economics. They were... uh, was difficult to compete uh, with uh, renewable, uh, with regular gas. Uh, so renewable natural gas could not really compete economically, was more expensive than, than regular gas. And the United States is blessed with a big endowment of, of natural gas, which is also quite inexpensive. Things are changing for tourism. We are starting calculating more in the cost of natural gas, the cost of the environmental externality about using fossil fuel. And the price of fossil fuel is also changing, is, is, is increasing somewhat. The combination of these factors are making now the, the economics of, of renewable natural gas much more favorable. And I think we're going to see more of this happening. Are you currently doing research on this? I know you've done research in the past, Dr. Zulo. Yeah. So what kind of things are. are you looking for right now in terms of your research? Well, we really do applied research now, and uh, what we do, uh, we support uh, the people that are interested in aerobic digestion. And so if you have a feedstock, can be manure. Speci- and, you know, manure, people think about manure being all manure, and they are, but sometimes a farm is different by another farm because the way they, they feed the animals. Mm-hmm. So with manure, food waste, uh, other biogenic feedstock can be, you know, residual uh, other agricultural residues. We can do experimentation to look at how much biogas potential could be made out of that specific material. Then we can look at uh, actual digestion and what would be the optimal po- uh, way to feed it to a digester, providing advice on type of technologies that because there are different way to design a digester. And ultimately, when uh, after we have gotten the gas and we have residuals, we can look at the value of that residual as a fertilizer. And uh, in collaboration with other groups that we have done, and particularly University of Minnesota, we can, do, we can support the development of field trials where we can use this, this material as a soil amendment or a fertilizer and see how much needs to be used and when uh, to optimize its value. So this is the type of work we can do to support people and whether farmer or industrial developers in anaerobic digestion. So can a consumer, a farmer or a big city go and buy this as a product somewhere where they go and say, I'm going to get this big tank and hook it up? Is I mean, it's not like you go to the grocery store and just pick it up, is it? No, no, you can't go to the grocery store, but there are a lot <laughs> of companies that uh, do development in this area oh. and, and that they are willing to and capable of building uh, the process equipment uh, that is necessary to do this and then training operators and so on. It's a bit like building any other industrial assets. You need to go to people that have the technological capabilities to deliver and execute the construction and the startup of a project. But there are several people, and and we are seeing more and more companies being active in this area because, again, it's a growing market, I believe. I look at this like, uh, you know, people might have been looking at uh, making ethanol 20 years ago. Uh, was a bit exotic, the idea of mm-hmm. taking uh, corn, making ethanol, and uh, and then putting uh, ethanol blended with gasoline uh, as a fuel. But now it's a very established industry, multi-billion dollar, sustains thousands of jobs, 
and, and the, the state is pretty big in, into it. And I think uh, biogas ca- could be on the same trajectory and, and not being so strange in, a f- in future. And we're going to look like one or the other energy product that can come out of the agricultural sector. How far out do you think it is before this catches on anaerobic digestion? Oh, it's catching up. It's catching oh. up pretty rapidly, actually. Right now, uh, we can almost answer to all the requests for information we get uh, and the amount of developers that uh, are approaching farmers and the amount of money that comes from places like Wall Street to go into project is actually quite considerable. Hmm. And some early stage developers are now being uh, bought by larger companies at very large valuations. So it's catching up very rapidly. So could a farmer or a city put a, you know, it costs a lot, as you mentioned, but eventually will they see a return for their investment? Oh, they, they will. And because now there is value to be had and there is ability to get external investors, often you can leverage uh, uh, third-party money to develop a project. So today, for instance, there are, inve- there are companies that are approaching farmers and they're saying, you know, if I can build a project, I'll put, a, I'll build the project. You don't have to put the money, but you give them the manure and uh, I'll give you back some of the, uh, the water. I'll give you back the, I'll give you back the, the nutrients. I'm going to sell the gas and I'll give you some, uh, some revenue, some royalties based on that. And so they, you know, so there are projects that are worth, uh, you know, several million dollars an hour being planned uh, in uh, in farms here in Minnesota, and the farmers don't have to put much money at all, other than uh, providing access to uh, a few acres of their land, and basically the developers will will take care of the debt financing. So it's a great opportunity for them to benefit of this technology without really having to have a major cash outlay. Are there any downsides or concerns that are still out there with this type of process? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's a safe pro- project, but obviously you're dealing with methane, so you know this. Uh, you have to be careful. It's still a, a flammable gas, so industrial safety becomes important, and there are some considerations that need to be keep in mind there. Obviously, uh, as all these industrial assets, they are not completely, you know, self-sufficient. They require maintenance. In the past, some people build this thing and then they don't, they were not doing enough maintenance and they were failing. Uh, and some of this experience left a bit of a bad taste in some that this is not a reliable technology, but this actually is a reliable technology. As long as this approach that, that as an industrial technology that requires to be run with some, some competence and by, and uh, maintenance has to be, has to be kept in mind. And, and if you run well, it's going to run smoothly. However, if you don't run well, you can have some problem because, for instance, uh, if you have a leak, uh, you know, like I said, the, these reactors are closed. If you have a leak, then you'll have problem of odors. And, uh, and that has happened in the past. And it's unfortunate, but again, anytime it happened, we could point out to problem in the maintenance or in the operation of the asset. I think the industry is becoming better at managing this problem. But... You know, those are things that uh, need to be kept in mind and which are common to many very industrial assets. But certainly, comp- if you compare this to some other type of industrial operation, uh, is fairly benign and not too complex. Dr. Zulu, what kind of scale can this be in terms of, you know, we've got renewable energy like solar power, we've got wind power, other things like that. Could this be on a equal scale or is this always going to be a smaller part of renewable energy? What do you think? 
it can be a significant uh, amount of uh, of energy. Now, uh, it's not going to address all our needs by itself. The, you know, renewable energy is always be one of the many things that we have to do. But you know, if you look at the potential of biogas in the United States, there is the opportunity. Now, we are far from there, but to provide uh, you know a percentage of our uh, natural gas demand, which is in the single digits, five uh, seven percent of our natural gas demand, which People say, well, it's not a very big number, and, and it's true. It's not a very big number in absolute. But where it becomes very interesting is that when you look at the rural areas, some of which are not very well served by our natural gas infrastructure, and the impact you have on the small community, now the impact can be much, much bigger. So when you look at the small rural community, now we can provide a much bigger percentage. And so I think that the impact can be very, very high just because we can provide the these type of resources where today they might be missing or, or where they're not as available, or we can really change the landscape of the energy supply in this rural community. So I think, again, it's not going to address and going to resolve all our problems, but it's one of the many things that, if they're all implemented, can eventually bring it towards decarbonization. This question might sound a bit out there, but you mentioned the natural processes occurring in lake bottoms, and of course, southern Minnesota yeah. has a lot of very polluted lakes. Could this? Yeah. Could you harvest this gas from lakes, and it would help the lakes? Well, that would be very would be a bit difficult harvesting from the lake. But in reality, the problem with the lake is not uh, that because actually that is how the lake clean itself. This is a natural process. Oh. Uh, the problem with the lake is more that we put more nutrients uh, sometimes in the lake because of runoff from agricultural waste uh, or fertilizer runoff and so on than what the ecosystem of the lake can handle it. And so probably the best way there would be avoiding that and, and not getting a lot of nitrogen and phosphorus in the lake. But interestingly enough, if we do well things like anaerobic digestion, we have actually a, a way to manage some of those streams of of nutrients coming from things like manure that today get dispersed in the environment and we can probably control them better. So in a way, we're not going to harvest from the lake, but I think we can help the lakes. That's good to hear. I'm glad to hear that. Is there a place people can go to find out more information about anaerobic digestion or the work that you've done? Sure. Well, I mean, if you want to know more about anaerobic digestion, a good place to start is looking at the at the website of the American Biogas Council, where there is some very good introductory material. And uh, then, of course, if uh, you Google anaerobic digestion, you're going to find a lot of information right now, including uh, on YouTube. There are some very interesting videos. But I believe that the American Biogas Council is a good, if someone really doesn't know much about it, is a good place to start because they have some very good intro- introductory a material that also illustrates the, the size of the opportunity for rural America. Is there something at the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute that demonstrates this at all? I know that's where you're at and have done research, so I'm just curious if there's something there that you can see. Yeah, yeah, we have actually we have actually a small pilot digester, uh, relatively small compared to the industrial system, but 1,200 gallons each reactors. And recently, last December, we had uh, at the Minnesota, the, we had a meeting, uh, open uh, event called the Minnesota Renewable Energy Roundtable, which we held every year. And the topic was anaerobic digestion. That was the main topic. I think all the uh, presentations are online. And after the meeting, we actually, every time we invited the attendees to to see the, our facilities and what we do. And is, an, is something that we are certainly open to, 
to show to anyone that could be interested, uh, including especially we're interested to communicate this to students, uh, as we hope that uh, this can be an interesting career path for some of them. I thank you. Uh, that's an interesting thing. I might want to see that myself one day. We look forward to host you. We've been talking with Dr. Luca Zullo, the Senior Director of Science and Technology at the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute in Wasika, talking about anaerobic digestion and how it is used for biogas and a renewable energy source. Dr. Zullo, thank you so much for your time and explaining this to us. Thank you for having me, Karen. I really appreciate it. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union. With two locations in Mankato since 1934, it pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA. More at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.